Hello, and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. This is episode 150, the Sesquicentennial podcast. Except I think that probably refers to years, doesn't it? Or does it just mean 150? I, I think it's, I think it's a, I think it's specifically related to years. I don't know. Someone tell me. <laughs> hey, I don't have the internet. I do have the internet. I should just look it up myself. I have looked it up. It is related to years. I got very confused for a moment because the definition says it's the 150th anniversary. And I was like, well, that doesn't necessarily mean it's years, right? And then I had to look up anniversary, which is, of course, that's what that means. That's what an anniversary is. It's not just like, oh, we did this, you know, like a month ago. It is actually related to a year. And I got confused, I think, because sometimes people will be like, oh, it's our first month anniversary. But that's not what an anniversary is, is it? No, anniversary is related to years. So I learned something here today, thinking about the num- number 150. Uh, it, sesquicentennial is, is about years, 100%. So facts are helpful. <laughs> Today's blog is, uh, it, it's loosely related to facts, not so much sesquicentennials, but um, yeah, this is a little bit meta, and then I'm looking at um, the process of blogs and blogging and how that stuff gets received out in the world. Um, But here it is. It is called A Better Way to Read on the Internet. I thought this one post I wrote was pretty good. I know they're not all winners. There are some that I just sort of throw together and some I really work at. And this one sat somewhere in the middle in that it had the flow of something that just emerged, but the shaping of something I'd considered for a while. I guess what I'm trying to say is that I was proud of it. But when I put it out, nothing happened. I shared it on all the platforms, all the social medias it goes to, and I could count the views on one hand. I tried to goose the algorithm on Facebook, since that's the place I usually get my views. I tried to like my own post, Looks like Facebook doesn't allow that anymore, though I was able to like it via the Songs for the Struggling Artist Facebook page. And I used the algorithmic golden word, congratulations, in the comments. Crickets. I know better than to take Facebook's algorithmic selections personally, but still. Having so few views made me question my own perception of quality. Maybe the post was no good after all. Again, I know better. Some really great posts have only four views total. I know, I know the two things are disconnected. And yet. Then, one of my friends commented, liked, and shared it. Suddenly, a post that had had only one view thus far that day had 18 This is, on one hand, indicative of the reach my friend has, but also suggests the power of one person sharing in the algorithmic battle for attention many of us seem engaged in. Don't underestimate the power of your share, like, and comment. I am heartily grateful for each one. Your click will take my views from 4 to 5. Your share will take my views from 4 to 12 or 18 or more if others share it. 
This all makes me think about what a terribly imperfect way of sharing writing the internet is. It's also a terribly imperfect way of reading. Facebook pitches its stream of posts as a news feed, and it does feel like it has become the place I receive a lot of news. And not just the news, but also the essays and articles and blog posts about things I care about. But because of Facebook's algorithms, it decides what I see instead of me. I miss so many things while simultaneously having the illusion that I'm current with the writers that I like. But I know that I'm not. I follow Rebecca Solnit there, so I see a lot of her writing, but I know Facebook doesn't show me everything. Katie Katie Kate is a blogger and podcaster like myself, and I want to support her work however I can. But I know Facebook is only showing me a third of what she writes. I wonder what genius posts she's over there crafting, and Facebook isn't showing me, or anyone else, because of the algorithm's quirks. I'm going to guess she has a few of these orphan posts, too. In the years before social media, I found it hard to follow writers and bloggers. I felt like I had to remember to go to various websites, various blogs. I just couldn't remember all the places I wanted to go on the internet to read things I cared about. So when Facebook came around, it provided this very useful service of aggregating those articles, blogs, and such. It's just that it does that so badly. Like, so badly. Twitter is even worse. People don't really click on articles on Twitter. My sense is that it just moves too fast. The views I get on Twitter are negligible, and I don't even understand how to share writing on Instagram. So what I'm waiting for is some kind of feed for writing. Does it already exist and I don't know about it? I want to be on it with my friends. I want to see what they recommend and be able to share pertinent news as well as indie writing, like Katie Katie Kate. The algorithmic bias of Facebook means it will really only promote what is shared. But as much as I love Katie Katie Kate's work, I'm not going to share every single piece. I don't expect that of my readers either. But I want to be able to at least know about every piece that Katie Katie Kate puts out. I want to click like or love or star or heart or whatever on all of them. And I want to have a list of writers that I love listed on said site or some kind of extra boost for them. How our writings are shared matters. And the way they are read and shared at the moment is really not working well. I rely on Facebook to promote my blog and podcast, and we all know how problematic it is. But if it went away tomorrow, or if everyone just deleted their accounts en masse, I'd have no readership whatsoever. I'm dependent on it at the moment, and I do not appreciate how much control the Facebook algorithm has over who gets to see my work. And due to the foibles of a writer's brain, sometimes the control the algorithm has has a great deal of impact on the way I feel and my assessment of the quality of my work. It happens that way sometimes, and I do not like it. I'm looking for another way. Right. So, a couple of things. In, in reading this to you just now, I realized 
Uh, it's not entirely true that I'm dependent on Facebook. There's a funny thing where I completely never think about the followers on the blog. So there's a way where you can sign up to get the blog emailed to you. Um, and I don't see any views on that. So when someone gets it in their, their email box, there's no evidence on my end of people reading. But I, I, I don't know why. I, I, I think that's why. Actually, that's why I don't pay attention to those, <laughs> those folks but there are a lot of them. I just got my 301st um, subscriber to the blog, which is actually really lovely and fantastic and actually um, meaningful. But because I don't get a lot of feedback from that aspect of, of things, um, it just drops off my awareness. Um, luckily, though, I had one of those people sort of comment on this particular post and and... Um, it's just important to remember that those people are there. And thank you if you're one of them. Um, it, you, you'll still be there if Facebook dries up tomorrow. <laughs> you, uh, the, that's actually the better place, I guess. Or the more secure. In any case, there still needs to be some kind of sharing platform for writing that is actually optimal for writing. Um, yeah. My boyfriend suggested, he was like, why don't you start one? And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and for a second, for like half a second, I, no, not even a second, maybe a second. I was like, yeah, I could start a, an app, a website. Sure. I'll start, I'll start the Facebook for writing. Um, I'm not going to do that. If only because I, I know that I don't have an interest in it that is quite strong enough to sustain it. That is, I want it to exist. I have a lot of ideas about how it should exist and what it should do and how it could do what it does. That's great. But I, I feel like once, once it got sort of mm, conceptualized, I I know that I would not care enough about the details to to want to stick it out. Like I've done enough fundraising and you know project creation and various and sundry big big ideas and projects and stuff to know that there comes a point where you if you don't have like the fire behind the thing that you want to make. I'm saying you, I mean me. <laughs> if I don't have enough fire behind something, there's just no way it'll keep going. Um, especially if I'm trying to do it by myself. Um, that said, if you want to start a reading, uh, social media app slash website, I would like to help you. <laughs> and I have a lot of ideas. I just don't have the will to start a Kickstarter fundamentally. <laughs> That's it. Um, the piece that sort of kicked this, this piece off, the one I talked about at the beginning, um, is called The Velvet Rope, and that was a few episodes ago. Um, it's not getting a lot of podcast plays either. I think the title is not catchy for people. I think that's the fundamental problem with it. But, um, but it did end up getting some more views because of this post, actually. Um, I had a, a, a lovely friend um, read this post and then read the, the velvet rope as a result of it. And she shared it with a bunch of people and emailed it to them. And so that, that was cool. 
it did in the end push the other one forward in a way that I could only have hoped would happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, so if you haven't listened to The Velvet Rope, do check that one out. So today's song is, uh, as promised, Billy Bragg's Between the Wars. I have changed some of the lyrics. Apologies to Mr. Bragg, but they're pretty dude-centric, a couple of his lyrics. So I, I have made them more um, inclusive, as it were. Um, I have changed the working man to the working class. I have changed a man to us all. It's little things, just tiny, just two. Um, it, it makes a difference. It makes a difference. I mean, I know when people say man, they mean everyone, but it just, you know, it feels different. It just does. And the other thing about this song that I have been thinking about is there's a line at the end, um, which I find very moving, but I is so clearly not about the United States, because there's a line that he talks about, uh, sweet moderation, heart of this nation. I mean, moderation has never been at the heart of the United States. So it doesn't, it, it's like, that is not true for us. But maybe that's why it's moving is to like, think about that being like, oh, yeah. What would that be like <laughs> to have moderation be at the heart of the nation? Although I am not entirely sure that that is true of the UK either, now that I think about it. I mean, what with colonialism and whatnot. But it is a nice, it's a nice um, dream. It's a nice dream to imagine that moderation is at the heart of your nation. I mean, I have been reading Winners Take All recently I'm sort of chapter three-ish right now and just to like I don't know we we live in a crazy world <laughs> and I feel more and more like yeah we need to talk about unions we need to think about moderation we need to think about the stuff that Billy Bragg is singing about in this song um it's a song from a long time ago but um it feels relevant um yeah so I'm going to play that for you in a second. Before I do, I just want to say, if you want to support this indie podcast, there are several ways to do it. One is uh, give me some stars on the uh, old Apple Podcasts iTunes situation. Uh, five is the ideal. I, someone did. There's two ratings, and they're five stars. So mwah. thank you to whomever that was. Really, really appreciate it. Um, more of those. If you if you have not done that, go for it. Um, also, uh, ways to financially support our Patreon, patreon.com slash Emily R. Davis. There's PayPal at slash Struggling Artist. There is Ko-fi. And sign up for my mailing list on my website, emilyrainbowdavis.com. I send out a sort of sum up of what's been going on every month. I've now done it twice. So uh, join join in that adventure. Uh, follow me on Twitter. I just made an Instagram and a Pinterest for 
the blog slash podcast. I'm not very good at these things yet. I'm working on it. I'm figuring it out. But if you're on either of, the, either of those places and you feel like you want to follow along as I learn the ropes, uh, I'm just on, I'm at Songs for the Struggling Artist at, uh, at both Instagram and Pinterest. So I'm trying it. You know, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not so sure. Anyway, here is the song. This is Between the Wars by Billy Bragg. a darker, I was a railwayman between the wars. I raised a family in times of austerity with sweat at the foundry between the wars. I paid the union and as times got harder, I looked to the government to help the working class. But they brought prosperity down at the armory. We're arming for peace, me boys, between the wars. I kept the faith and I kept voting, not for the iron fist, but for the helping hand. For theirs is a land with a wall around it, and mine is a faith in my fellow man. Theirs is a land of hope and glory. Mine is the green field and the factory floor. Theirs are the skies all dark with bombers, and mine is the peace we knew between the wars. Call up the craftsmen, bring me the draftsmen, build me a path from cradle to grave, and I'll give my consent to any government that does not deny us all a living wage. Go find the young men, never to fight again. Bring up the banners from the days gone by. Sweet moderation, heart of this nation, desert us not, we are between the Desert us not, we are between the walls.